Hello, and welcome to Episode 5 of Queer Onda El Paso, Single and Looking. My name is Ted, and I am happy to talk to our co-host, Ceci. Hey, everyone. And Izzy. Hello to everybody. So this is our Valentine's Day-inspired episode, and it's the one day that we as a country focus on romantic relationships. But I am so happy that we talked to our guest, Aaron, as he graciously shared his relationship experiences, what he's learned about love and relationships, and reminded us that all of our relationships are important. So it's not just Valentine's Day. So what do you all think about our interview with Aaron? Seth? I think it was great to hear the perspective of a single person. I, I haven't been single for 12 years, but I'm sure everyone is dealing with the same feelings of inadequacy and not really knowing how to approach things. But I think he guided everyone real eloquently by, by, you know, speaking of having to find who you are first. I couldn't agree more. Izzy, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought that I agree with Ceci. That's one of the things that stuck out the most for me. And I thought, well, you know, in what I would learn from that or take from this is that, wow, that self, that moment of self-reflection, like, what do I bring to the table? What am I going to give? What do I have to offer? Instead of looking at somebody else and saying, what do you got for me? You know, that's kind of, that was a really insightful thought on his part. I agree. And I also like that he touched on the different types of relationships, both with his uh, ex-boyfriends, but his friendship and his circle of friends and how that fulfills his emotional need of where he's at in his life and even his family and his parents and his relationship with them and, and coming out. And so it's kind of all encompassing. And I love that it's not just focusing on that one singular idea of Valentine's Day. So I'm very happy that we talked to him. Let's listen to what he had to say. In this Valentine's Day episode, we look at love and relationships with the help of Aaron Barbara, who is currently a single gay man and talks to us about his personal experiences, his ex-partners, and what he has learned about what makes a strong relationship and how he ultimately created a better relationship with himself. Thank you for joining Queer Onda El Paso, Aaron. Hi, thank you for having me. So, uh, Aaron, we, you and I met not long ago, but we talked a little bit about some of the challenges about being, uh, how shall I say this, uh, kind of dating in El Paso and kind of uh, kind of reaching out to people in our community. And so, I wanted to see if you would be have if you would be able to share with us some of your experiences. Perhaps uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your relationship experiences, um, whether good or bad, or as much as you'd like to share. But just uh, tell me a little bit about that. Of course. Well, um, you know, since I am a little bit older, I have been dating for for quite some time, and so I think my um, my relationship experience has been kind of um, I might be a little bit unique because when I first came out. Um, I had two relationships, actually. Um, one was with an older person. I think he was about 16 years older than I was. And I met him when I was 18. We ended up being together for maybe about six years. And then, um, you know, we moved on from each other. That that was kind of, that was a crazy experience. But um, then I met somebody else, um, which was uh, my own age. We actually met... Um, at NMSU, we were, we met at a party, but we didn't realize that we were both students there. And, um, you know, we ended up hanging out and we ended up being together for, I want to say almost seven and a half, eight years, I want to say. And, um, that was, that was a, a growing experience, uh, 
it sounds like both of them were kind of, uh, you know, kind of pivotal moments in your life. And I think that all of us can certainly relate to that, whether you're gay, lesbian or straight, really, or, or anything in between. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit of was your first relationship, your first love? I think I think at each point, at each stage that we get to in our life, um, love takes a different form, and it, you know it, it it's a different color. So when we first come out, you know we have that new, fresh, exciting love, right? You know the the first time that we meet someone and we're attracted to them and everything works out. Um, and, and it's just kind of magical. And then, you know, that kind of, you know, that, that, that ends up not working out, right? And we learn from that. And we move on to something different, maybe later in our 20s or whatnot. And that love is a little bit different. Um, I want to say that um, each person that, you know, I was with, you know, love was very different. Um, and I don't think... I think they were they were each very different. Not neither one of them was better than the other because they were such right. different experiences, right? And um, I, I grew immensely from both of them. And at the time, you know, when you break up with someone, sometimes things can get you know really nasty. You know, you have a, a lot of stuff involved, emotions, maybe finances, whatever. But after that happens, you know, you look back at it and you look at that. Um, that time that you had with that person um, as uh, kind of a special time, even though you did break up and maybe you left on bad terms, you know, you always, I at least look back on it. I look back at it and just kind of, um, you know, relish the moments that I, that I had with that individual. Um, As I've gotten older, I have to say though, um, I think dating has taken on a very different, um, you know, a, a very different form because it's, I'm going to say I'm 41, and, um, you know, as we, as I get older, you know, I think about some of the things I'm really not going to be able to do anymore. Like, I don't know if adopting kids is still in the cards for me, right? Or, um, you know, or getting married. I'm not quite sure. You know, none of those things are as important to me now as they were when I was in my early 30s or even my 20s because, you know, we have a whole future ahead of us and, and possibilities. But now that I'm a little bit older, um, I'm a little bit more pragmatic about things. And so now when I'm thinking about dating, it's not so much about, you know, am I really attracted to a person or, you know, it's, or what does this person have to offer? But more of, um, I look at it through the lens of, you know, can I find a partner? Because I don't, I don't want to live out the rest of my days alone. But even if I did, um, I'm okay with that. I'm totally happy with it. You know that there's been a lot of talk lately about what what our generation is calling creative coupling. So mm-hmm. what's interesting is that you know when we as gay men, you know we kind of always wrote our own rules about relationships, and then you know some years later, gay marriage becomes legal, and it kind of helps redefine how we look at long term commitment for some people, whether they've been together for twenty years or not. Marriage may not be something they're interested in. Did that affect you in any way when you were young? Uh, because you were dating somebody that was, you know, a, a generation older than you, uh, mm-hmm. did you um, were you at that time looking for a long term relationship, or did you know because it was really one of your first uh, profound relationships that it was really going to be a learning experience and kind of a stepping stone to another era, another era in your life? Oh man, well, you know, I have to say that I didn't really know what. 
I wanted in a relationship or what that even I when I, I went into it thinking, well, because both of my parents are still married. And at the time I thought, OK, well, you know, a heterosexual relationship and uh, a, a gay relationship. Well, they kind of marry each other, or at least they should, right? Um, and I, I approached it in that manner, but it's nowhere near the same, you know, not not one bit. And I think for El Paso, culturally, you know, we still have, um, you know, we still fit into gender-specific roles, right? You know, in a gay relationship, sometimes you have someone who's a little bit more feminine, someone who's a little bit more masculine. Or you take, even if it's, uh, they don't act as such, they take on those, those roles. And I think it's because, you know, we're, we're predominantly Hispanic here in El Paso. And, um, as I've gotten older, you know, I've had to educate myself and kind of expand my thinking in terms of, well, not all relationships are going to fit into that, you know, heterosexual mold. Um, I think had I known that a lot earlier and been more comfortable with it, I probably would have had more, uh, you know, I feel that my relationship probably would have been more successful. But I will tell you this, um, as I've gotten older, um, I don't necessarily date as much or look for creating um, a romantic relationship because I have some really meaningful relationships, non-romantic relationships with some of my really, uh, some of my really close gay friends. Um, you know, they kind of fill that partnership void or that role that I'm looking for in a partner because everybody's kind of single. You know, we're all professionals. Um, we just, you know, we care about each other. You know, we are concerned about one another. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of unique because I've never really had relationships like that before. Um, and, and to add another thing, what I thought about relationships or how relationships were supposed to be were um, mirrored off of what my parents had. And now that I'm older, you know, I can look back and say, um, you know, my parents actually, they have, a, they have a terrible relationship. You know, it is, they have some very toxic traits. And I learned that. I replicated that in my own relationship, thinking that it was, um, you know, healthy behavior when actually it really wasn't. And um, that also kind of, you know, hindered, hindered some of my, my relationships. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I I thought that, you know, I was doing the right thing and I had the, you know, the right idea of a relationship when I went into it, but um, that's really changed over the years. With creative coupling and, and finding, um, you know, filling those voids, it's actually helped me foster healthier relationships when I date. It's actually being able to take what I need from people and um, not look for those type of things in a new um, a new relationship has actually helped me kind of gauge whether or not a person is for me or or not for me um, because I'm not looking for uh, you know um, you know validation or anything I got friends to do that for me right or um, I so I'm really looking at you know creating the new relationship in, in a very different in a very different light what about uh, the age uh, dynamic I know that you said you're 41 but when you were first started dating, you dated somebody that was older. Mm -hmm. What did you uh, 
learn from that particular aspect of that relationship? Um, when I started dating, the reason why I started dating a older person was at the time um, when I had come out, you know, my parents, you know, rejected the whole idea of me being gay and everything. In fact, I was even kicked out. You know, I was looking for a support system. I had nobody. I had nothing. And I was looking for someone to love me <laughs> and, and, and be my family and be my partner and also be my teacher. And all of these things were happening with this one individual. I didn't realize it at the same time, but I was just, you know, completely enamored with this person who just all I wanted was to be loved. And um, it wasn't the healthiest relationship. And there was definitely some, some top. Uh, toxic aspects to things, but it's because I didn't know how to spot that. I didn't know what I needed versus, you know, what I was going after, and, and, and it was it was quite a learning experience. And Aaron, I wanted to ask, um, given your experiences and and what you've gone through now, as you were just talking about what you learned from those relationships, what are the things that you're looking for that you or that you value when you're um, when you're thinking about having a, a new relationship with someone. What are important things or aspects of a relationship? Well, uh, <laughs> that's a really good question. I guess you know one one of the things that is really important to me, and I know this is not the same for everybody. What really gets me is someone's ability to have a conversation and listen, and you know you know volley ideas back and forth, and be able to keep up with um, with with my thoughts um, and once somebody can can meet me at that level, which for me I think is just a, a basic level for me, then they have my attention. And then after that, everything just kind of falls into place. I feel that you can really tell a lot about a person by the things that they talk about, the words that they use, you know, their their nonverbal communication. You really get an insight to someone without them having to actually tell you. And um for me, that that's pretty important. In fact, that's kind of how I. That's the lens that I look at. Look at all of my relationships, whether it be professional, romantic, friendships, whatnot. I I really listen to what how people talk and how they communicate. Did that um? Did you getting there, Aaron? Uh, was that through your um the past experience? I mean, obviously, when you first started dating and you first came out, you were. Looking at what you had mentioned some uh, through for maybe perhaps some other experiences at that time, but through these all of your life experience to this point is where you've landed on understanding that communication and your ability to have this kind of uh, open uh, kind of uh, com communication between your potential partner has become very important to you. Had it always been important, or is that something that you learned over time? I think it's something um that I have that I have um I wanna say I, I've always had this communication skill. I've always been connected to, to that. Um but I have sharpened that skill over time. And what I've learned and, and what helps me is through my failures, through my failed relationships, both romantically and, you know, with my family and whatnot, um, what I learned was that communication, you know, it, no matter how sensitive the topic is, um, really helps 
free yourself, right? Um, and I'll give you an example. Um, so in one of my relationships, um, my ex and I, we had really bad sex. It was not, um, it was a fun. And um, there's only certain things that I would do, but you know, actually, I wanted to do everything with him, right? I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to have fun with him, but I really couldn't. And he didn't understand why, and I couldn't communicate why. And we always had this challenge, and this was like for years. And uh, we just kind of, you know, went around things, left things unsaid. And then one time, um, I was having a conversation with a female friend of mine, and she's like, "Well, why don't you tell him how to please you?" And I was like, what? You want me to sit down with him and explain to him exactly what I want done? And she's like, well, how else is he, how else is he supposed to know? And, you know, as basic as that was, I, it really made me think. And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. You can't read my mind. I can't expect that, you know, this is not on the job, you know, training. And, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, also, uh, that's a job that I would love to apply for, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. if I were. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of a turn off. I mean, like, when you're in the moment and you're like, wait a minute, let's stop and let me give you some instructions. I mean, it, it was awesome. Yeah. I didn't know how to talk about these things. Um, and then once I started learning how to be a little bit more vulnerable and honest with myself, I was able to communicate, you know, certain things to people and that got better along the way. And now, um, there was, there was someone that I had recently been talking to and he had expressed to me, he's like, well, you know, I don't, I'm not good at expressing my feelings. I don't talk about them, you know, X and so forth. Um, I took that with a grain of salt and um, I said, okay, cool. So I would tell him, you know what? I am so happy to see you. You know what? I've thought about you all day long today. You know, come here, you know? And, and he would just look at me and say, oh, cool. And I was like, oh man, red flag. And I would do that to kind of test his reaction to see if he was able to meet me at that level where, um, you know, something, you know, I wanted to hear something like, you know, I missed you. I can't wait to see you or something. And I got right. like a, it was that. like a prompt to kind of get him to see like, look, this is where we're at. Let's see. Are you there? Kind of there too. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And still nothing. And, um, and like, I would only see him about once a week. And at the end of the week, I'd say, Oh, great. I can't wait to see you. And he said, yeah, cool. All right. What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that really kind of, um, unfortunately that just kind of, you know, was a huge barrier to, to, you know, things going further. And, um, but that's just an example as, you know, to how I use communication or how I communicate with people. It's not just, you know, a, a two-way conversation. You know, there's a lot to be said for things that are not said. You know what I mean? We all have, as guys too, you know, um, we have a difficult time being vulnerable, talking about our needs, you know, talking um, about what makes us uncomfortable or what we love or what makes us cry. Um, and it's not even that. It's not that we can't verbally say it. It's that it goes even deeper than that. We don't know how to communicate that to ourselves, right? So if, you know, so if I would ask someone, you know, oh, how does that make you feel? Sometimes, in fact, you know, I'll tell you what, my ex, a lot of times, I would ask him, how does this make you feel? What's going on in your head? And he'd just say, mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to explain it. And this guy had two masters, 
you know, and he was in a PhD program and he knew how to communicate, but he didn't know how to communicate feelings to himself. So therefore he actually really couldn't articulate what he was actually feeling. We have issues talking about our feelings. And again, it goes back to our cultural roots. Not that it's, you know, I'm not trying to disparage anything, but this is where we're from. This is what our community is like, you know, growing up, you know, we have this machismo way of existing and we still do that. You know, DL culture is big here in El Paso. It's still a thing, which I find is crazy because, you know, we can marry legally, you know, we can get into contracts legally, you know, don't ask, don't tell is gone. Yet, we still have, um, you know, we still have issues coming out to our families and talking about our feelings and being vulnerable. What advice uh, or what are the lessons that you've learned about dating in El Paso um, in your 41 years? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I've, what I've learned is that there's somebody for everybody. You know, the idea that there is nobody to date and that the dating pool is too small is not true. And the other thing is, um, what I've learned is that, you know, when we date, we're always looking for a lot of times I hear people saying, well, I'm looking for someone who can give me X, Y, Z. I want a daddy. I want a hot person. I want, we have a laundry list of guys that, you know, we want to date. And if they don't check off the boxes, then we're just not interested. If we turn the tables the other way around and think about, well, what do I have to offer? You know, what am I bringing to the table? Um, what is, why would someone be interested in me? What makes me an interesting individual? That's a, that's a difficult conversation to have with yourself. It's a lot easier to go shopping for someone than it is for you to actually think about, well, why would anybody want me? Now, before that gets a little bit too negative, I mean, honestly, like, you know, in order to get something, you have to give something. And good looks are not the only thing that people are looking for, right? People are looking yeah. for, you know, someone of substance. And if we're having that difficult conversation with ourselves and we're like, oh, I don't know what I bring to the table. Or maybe people are insecure about maybe I don't make enough money and maybe I'm a little insecure because maybe I don't make as much money as other people or whatever. Not that that doesn't matter. What matters is that you have that insecurity and you're wrestling with something within yourself. And until you resolve that, you're not ready to bring something to the table. Tell me now, let's end with what in your mind is the perfect date in El Paso? <laughs> oh, geez. I'm a foodie, so I like food. I like eating. And I also like spending, like to me, uh, my love language is time and attention. So I really don't care what we do as long as, you know, the time that I have with that individual is, is, is that's all I, I, I have their focus. So I think, um, my, what I would do, my personal, what, what I would do is I would probably go out to a really romantic dinner and take my date out to a place, um, that I like to go to and, uh, it's, it's a special place for me and, uh, kind of go look at the sky. And the stars, wow. because the place that I like to go to, um, you can see uh, a bunch of stars and you can see planes crossing the sky. And um, to be able to have that person's 
um, attention and time and, and, and be in their space, I think that's probably one of the most intimate things that uh, someone can share. As we wrap up this episode, our Valentine's Day inspired episode, Izzy, do you have any memories or any thoughts that you want to share about Valentine's Day? I do have a favorite memory about Valentine's Day. Um, I was really young and I was in a, in a relationship and he was quite romantic in a way that I've, I've not encountered too often. But um, do you remember the song, Send Me an Angel um, from the yeah. 80s? Yeah, um, for Valentine's Day, I got um, from from my boyfriend at the time a bracelet um, that you could you know put little charms on. So one of those charm bracelets, but it was a little. It was more like a chain bracelet, and um, and on it he hung a little um, pewter angel on it and said and that was our song and i remember thinking at that young age i was 21 at that age i was like oh just pierce my heart and slay me right now that was the most (laughs) beautiful thing and then the next romantic thing was is that every month after that he added a charm to it to that bracelet Wow, Izzy, that's cool. I forget. Yeah, that was so romantic. I'll never forget it. That is awesome. Well, I um, got married on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I um, I actually Lalo, uh, Lalo and I have been together uh, for four years, and it was back at the time where gay marriage wasn't legal uh, across the country, but it was legal in New Mexico. So just out of the blue, it was a very matter-of-fact thing, and it really wasn't planned for Valentine's Day. It just turned out that that was a convenient day for us to go, but we decided to go to Las Cruces and get married in front of the Justice of the Peace. And I knew that it was the right time, it was the right person, and it was the right decision for both of us. And so we did. We went to Las Cruces and we got married. So that's my ultimate Valentine's Day memory, and now forever now a memory because, you know, I I continue to be happily married. But I have to say this. Since we were in Las Cruces, we didn't have anywhere, and it was a last-minute thing, we didn't have anywhere planned to go on our honeymoon. And so we find ourselves driving around all over the, the city. We had both taken our day, days off. And so we find ourselves at Le Dairy, and I am feeding the donkeys with the grain that you can buy for a quarter. And I turned to Lalo, and I said, this is my honeymoon? And I said... <laughs> And he said, sucker. Anyway, so, you know, and if that isn't a perfect uh, metaphor for our relationship, because it really is true. It doesn't matter where we go or what we do. The fact is that we're together. And so happy Valentine's Day to him and to all of you all. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedback at queeronla.com or visit our website and leave a comment, www.queeronla.com. That's www.queeronda.com. Listen for new episodes dropping the 15th of every month. Until then, agarren la onda, queers. <laughs>